0: It was like this. I think every person should long to have a doctor in their family. Uh, so when you're sick, you're always like, hey, I, I don't know what this rash is. Like, help me out, right? So uh, so every family should have a doctor. Every family should have a pastor, right? Because everybody gets married everyone dies. So, <laughs> But then I think the third one, everyone should have a mechanic in their family. So lucky! I don't have a doctor in my family. I got a pastor in my family, and I also got a mechanic in my family. My brother in law, he is the one that always works on our cars. Whenever something, woo, whenever something happens uh, in our to our cars, we call him up, and I'm like, his name is Chris. I'm like, Chris, my service engine light came on. And he's so gracious. He's like, hey, bring it over to my house, and and so uh, he, he's just he, he's the guy that we go to. Our car now, this happened about a little over a month ago. Um, my wife likes to think she knows more about cars than me, right? Like, whatever, we're not judging her, okay? Um, but, but, so, so we're driving the car, right? And she's like, she's, like, or, or excuse me, I, I told her, I was like, babe, like the car's driving weird. You should text your brother and just let him know that, that, that the car is driving weird. And she's like, it's in your head. I'm like, babe, it's not in my. It's like, it's really, it's not working. And so anyways, like, I, at that moment, luckily, I, like, I love Jesus because I was, like, I was getting irritated, but that is neither here nor there. And and so, like, I'm driving, and I'm like, watch, I'm going to get her. And so I pretend we were driving, and I slammed on the brakes to pretend like it was, like, jolting back and forth. And <laughs> so, like, all my whole family, my three kids in the car were like, And uh, and she's like, what's going on? I was like, babe, I told you something's wrong with the car. And she's like, that's you. I'm like, whatever. Okay, it was. Hey, God strike me dead if I'm lying. The moment I stopped and the moment that I continued to drive, our car stopped right there and died right on the road. I was like, I think you need to call your brother. just, it died right there. So we called AAA, thank God, AAA, uh, and they came out, the guy was like, hey, your battery or this other thing in your car, I don't know what it is, like, is broken, okay? <laughs> and, um, so I, I get it towed to my brother-in-law's house, I'm getting somewhere, I promise, I told it to my brother-in-law's house, and, uh I let him know I'm like, hey, Chris, so, uh, the guy said that it's the battery or this thing. And, um, He's like, okay. So he looks over the car. He calls me up. My wife and I were, because when your car breaks down, you're like, oh, man, i got to pay all this money. To, like, just. And so my wife and I were thinking, we looked up that price for that part that I can't remember the name of. I think it's an alternator. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and so so we looked it up, and the price was like, it's, it's a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, ugh. I'm expecting to spend a couple hundred bucks. My brother in law calls me up. He's like, uh, so the 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 guy said that it was your alternator, right? I was like, Yeah, he was like, I've seen this a million times, and, and uh, this is the alternator. And Chris was like, I got good news for you. It's not the alternator. I was like, do Jesus? He said the belt, there's a little belt that makes things turn. He said the belt, right? and I can get you a belt for a couple bucks. And I was like, wow! We celebrated. I was like, I love you, crazy." But I was, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that little belt. How it's not a big piece. It's not like the engine. It's not like the transformation. Not transformation. Trans, trans, transmission. Okay, right? Like chill, but chill. <laughs> I can't help you with your car. I can help you with your heart. Okay, just chill. So it's it's not that thing. It's not the engine. It's like a little belt. And at the surface, it seems like a very insignificant part. However, it had a very unique and distinct purpose to make the car function and move and go. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how that little belt had a huge purpose to fulfill No matter what you think or how you view yourself, you got a purpose. See, I don't know if you're here this morning and, and you believe in God or you believe in purpose, but here's what I would say to you. No matter where you're at, if you believe in God uh, or if you don't believe in God, by the way, if you're here and you don't believe in God, we are so glad you are here. Like, we actually built this place for you. And so, uh, so we, uh, we so what you believe. Here's what I believe. That you were created for a purpose. That the God of the universe that created the stars in the sky that breathed into your lungs, that pulled a rib from Adam and made, whoa, man. (laughs) That when he created you, he placed inside of you specific gifts, specific tools, in order to fulfill the purpose in which you were created And so I would say it this way. I've, and I've talked about purpose before uh, here at Discovery. You have two purposes in life. You have a unique purpose. And so that's something unique that God, the gifts and the abilities He's placed inside of you, that he's giving them to you. And so some of you, your gifts are seeing. Some of you, your gifts are patience because you love kids. And what, whatever it is that like you these gifts inside And so that's your unique purpose. But then there's also this unified purpose. And the unified purpose is uh, the moment that you decide to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The word Lord just basically means boss. When you decide to make Jesus the boss of your life, uh, you, you become unified with other people who are Jesus' followers. For one purpose, uh, Jesus states in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, or excuse me, 14, to be the light of the world. And so your unique purpose is unique to you, the gift. The unified purpose is something that when you're a believer, we all come together to do one thing, and that's it, to make Jesus famous. Okay? And, and, and so with the unique and unified, here's God's heart, is that you would take your unique gift and you would intertwine it with the unified gift so that you can use your gift here's what I mean. The potential of a situation will either, the, the, the potential of a situation should pull cool you and draw you to say, hey, I I see this right here. I think I can help with it. I think I'm gifted in that area. I think I have the gifts and talents necessary to help out with that. And that potential of the situation should draw your purpose. Us, we have a purpose, but when we don't allow the potential of the situation to draw out that purpose, the purpose itself there and becomes a dream. And so it's our, the, the heart and the goal is for us to be able to see the potential, to see a situation that needs help. To see the potential of a situation that says, man, I could see that, but I bet you I can make it even better. And then use your gifts use your tools, your abilities, to be able to address and let that potential draw you, draw that purpose out of you. Are we on the same page so far? And so, we see this actually within the character of Nehemiah. I was trying to look back in the archives, and I think I preached about Nehemiah like two months ago, maybe. I couldn't find it, so maybe it was And everything. When you're 36, it's like oh, I got gray, um, but that is neither here nor there. Um, now stop it, John. I know. I know. So, 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 we're introduced to this guy Nehemiah, and in this 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 uh, introduction to Nehemiah, this guy Nehemiah, he has a purpose placed inside of him, and that purpose is pulled out, is drawn out. By this amazing potential that he, is, uh, that he is shown. So a little bit about uh, context of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is Jewish. They were uh, he was part of the, uh, the kingdom of Judah. Jerusalem was their capital. Uh, however, the Babylonian Empire, they took over uh, the kingdom of Judah. Okay? So they, they destroyed it. So, they, uh, the kingdom of Jerusalem, Israel, basically, they were they were held captive under the Babylonian Empire. They were exiled from their home. Well, the Persian Empire came, they conquered the Babylonian Empire, and then uh, Judah became part of the Persian Empire. Now, the Persian Empire was way nicer than the Babylonian Empire. Because the Persian king said, hey, for those of you that have been sent into exile, if you want to go back to your home city, you can. And so that leads us into the verse that we read at the very beginning of our time together, uh, when some of the people that were exiled, they checked out Jerusalem, they realized how in shambles that city was, then they came all the way back to Nehemiah, And they're like, Nehemiah, we got to do something about this. Our city is in ruins. The walls are in ruins. There's no way to protect this city that we have. And in this moment, Nehemiah, he's addressed with the potential of the situation. And in this moment, Nehemiah had to decide whether or not he was going to Out or if he was going to stay put. See, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king Artaxerxes. And the cupbearer, their job was a little shady, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Nehemiah, he he had to decide what he was going to do with what he was addressed with. And so this morning, what I want us to do, I want to give you that Nehemiah took, three steps that Nehemiah took, and I'm going to blow through these pretty quick. Three steps that Nehemiah took in order to step into his purpose. And so no matter if you're here, and you feel like you haven't stepped into your purpose yet, or maybe you're here and you just feel like you're going to the next level, the next stage in your purpose. These are three steps that I think that we all have to embrace in order to get us. That next place. Okay, so here's the first one. The three steps. The first step is this: Nehemiah had to step out of his comfort zone. Nehemiah had to step out of his comfort zone. See, Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer, and uh, it wasn't like the best job in the palace, but it was a pretty good job. See, it wasn't a good job. It was. It was not the best job because the biggest part of Uh, The role of of the cupbearer is that they had to test all the food and the drink that the king was about to eat, right? And so you have like one chance to make to end your career as the cupbearer. But this is this is what he was doing. He he had this opportunity, and so even with though it wasn't the best job, it was it was a good job because he had a lot of respect. It was there was a it was a high respected level specifically because uh, because there had to be a, a trust developed between the king and the couple. So what I want you to get is that Nehemiah he was in a good spot. It could be better, but he was comfortable. I, I don't know about you. I can speak for me though in those places where life is comfortable and I don't want to move. In fact, I'm fine just staying where I'm at. I'm fine because I know my surroundings, I know my situation, I know, I know what I'm doing, I know the ins and outs of it, and, and so there's this comfort zone. But in order to step into your purpose, or in order to step into the next stage, the next phase of your purpose, you ought to be willing to. Of your comfort zone. And here's why: because your faith needs an opportunity to grow to the potential of your next hazard. I'll say that again: your faith needs the potential to grow in order to match the intensity of your next speed bump, your next hurdle, and your faith only grows. See this in the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David, he's uh, he's there in front of Goliath. No one wants to fight Goliath, and uh go, and David, little David, is like, hey, I'll do it, right? probably sounded more like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. And <laughs> and and but here's his response. My monitor went out. He said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines what you see here is that David did not go straight to Goliath. David had steps and stages of stepping into, stepping out of a new comfort zone that brought him to the place of Goliath. So before there was ever a Goliath, there was first a lion. And he had to step out and be willing to face the lion so that his faith would rise up and grow in order for him to face the bear. When he faced the bear, he had to step out of his comfort zone again in order to to step into the new place that God had for him, which led him to Goliath. So when he was at the toe to toe with Goliath, he was ready to go. So you got to step out of your comfort zone. You got to grow your faith. You got to stretch your faith. Nehemiah, the first step that he took, stepping comfort zone. Here's number two. got to step into, I put fog in favor of God, but you got to step into the presence of God. So here he is, he's uh, back to Nehemiah, he goes to the king, he's doing his job, he's drinking, the king's testing his food out, and uh, the king is like, uh, Nehemiah, what's the matter? There's something, what's going on? Nehemiah was a little distraught, he told the king, the King Artaxerxes, he was like, King, my city, the city that I came from, the city that I love, it's been destroyed. And then he said this, King, would you allow me to go? Right? The potential, the purpose inside, potential draws purpose. He said, King, would you allow me to go to my city to help it out? And the king said, Is in chapter 1, verse 8, he says, This and because the gracious hand of my God was on me. step. He had to step out of his comfort zone. He had to step into the presence of God. And then number three, he had to refuse to step down. Refuse to step down. So how many of y'all know like haters are going to hate in this world? Haters are going to hate. You. Like that's just how it is. And so Nehemiah, excuse me, he's, he's fulfilling his purpose, the potential of what he was going to do. It drew him out. And so here he was, he he, he began to to help out and he began to to do his thing. And he's working on the city and he's helping the city. And then all of a sudden, these two characters, Sambalot and Tobiah. As Nehemiah is on the wall, as he's working and fixing the wall to rebuild, these two guys, Sambalot and Tobiah, they begin to yell up to him, Nehemiah! in your time. Why are do you doing Come on down. Grab a cold one with us. I don't know if they said that. Y'all are too serious right now, sons. Help us out. Come down here. Come be part of what we're trying to do. See, here's what I want you to understand about purpose. Is that not all purpose is created equal. Not all purpose is created equal society that will try to dictate your purpose. Uh, sometimes you'll have yourself to try to dictate your purpose. And then you have God who should ultimately, right, like the goal would be to allow God to to, to paint your purpose for you, and for you to pursue that. And so not all purpose is created equal. And here's the best way, probably the best tip that I can give you to try to decipher is it society trying to give me my purpose? Is it my own thoughts and desires? Or is it God? And here's here's what I've come up with in order to, to kind of help determine and decipher. God's purpose will always elevate others before yourself. And so if the purpose that he's placed in your heart is some way to better someone else's life, then it's probably God. If it's elevating your status to be able to help more people, it's probably God. See, because society, that's not how society works. That's not how culture works. works. Culture's like, you first. You go first. It's all about you. You, you, you. You, you, you. Even us, like when we begin to think about it for ourselves, like, or excuse me, let me just talk from, from me. Even me, like I just want to do things that benefit me maybe this is my purpose, and here's the thing with society and when you begin to listen to yourself, is that like they always sell it society and, and your mind they always sell it in a way in Nehemiah chapter, verse chapter 6. Yeah, verse 3. And I sent a messenger to them. So Nehemiah, he sent a messenger to Sambalat and Tobiah. He said, I am doing a great work and I can't come down. Nehemiah, come on. Come. I can't. I'm doing a great work. You've got to believe whatever the purpose God has given you that it's a greater work than anything else. Because when you understand else, no matter who's calling your name. You're like, man, this is more of a, I'm in the middle of something. I can't come down. This is too important. I'm my purpose. I'm living the purpose of God. This know by individually, but the unified purpose when we all come together. is a unified purpose. And it's to draw people to Jesus. It's to make Jesus' name famous. And so discovery, we actually have a purpose too. I think we got it on the screen. To reach, to reach people far from God with the love of Jesus. That's all we're about. That's all we care about. Like, if you're not all about this, like, you don't have to believe it. But if you, like, try to counter it and try to take it somewhere else, like, good luck. Like, we are so locked in, so focused on just love. is because life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. Life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. That's why we do this. That's why we why we spend so much time setting up, is because we want people Church a little over uh, five years ago, uh, we really felt, my wife and I really felt that God was going to use discovery as a beacon of hope in Ronaparte. We heard the testimony of John and Debbie, and we love you guys. And just there's story after story after story. of the name Discovery, but because we're saying, God, use us here. And so, like, we believe that, that like, our goal, of our heart is just to be hope in this city. About when we first had decided to, to start Discovery and we run apart, like, my wife and I, we didn't really know why. Like, we could have started a church anywhere, really. But we felt, uh, we just we felt like... is the only city in our county that has a casino and a university. And I think if there is ever a city that needs a church that is willing to stand up and say that we are going to be a beacon of hope, it's Warner Park. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that Discovery can pioneer this in our city. I just want to pray. Can we pray just as a family? And I know we got visitors, but man, welcome the Discovery. So can we just stand and we're gonna we're gonna pray and-